Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi guys and welcome to this week's episode of Heavy Metal Tones. This week we are going to be talking about my favourite musical genre of the heavy metal realm. That's it, New Wobbum. That's New Wobbum. That's New Wave of British Heavy Metals. N-W-O-B-H-M. Um, why is it my favourite? We'll find out in a second. What does it encompass? We'll find out as well. Make sure you're sitting down comfortably. You've got a nice cup of tea going, and you can quietly listen. Ooh, bang! I'm always hitting my desk. Um, I'm not going to edit that out. Why should I bother you? It's all part of the show, isn't it, guys? No, you love it for that reason. Anyway, <laughs> so Nawabum, Nawabum, Nawabum. What does it mean, and when did it happen? So you have to look at the musical landscape. It's 1976, uh, 1977, around that point. Uh, punk has just exploded onto the scene. Heavy metal was starting to wane as a as a genre. It wasn't really a genre. It was more heavy rock, um, and with some hints of heavy metal in there. Um, you know, you, you got your dance scene and your disco coming through. Um, guitar music is at its, at, I think, at its peak, at its height, and all these different. Um, tribes out there of youth of people who after you young people finding their way and what music they like uh so as i said punk's taken over everything so within a matter of a few weeks um you know no longer long hair is trendy you don't want big long progressive rock albums they don't want your traditional rock and roll they want hard-hitting you know, um, fast, aggressive, anarchistic music. I, I really, really love that. I'm a punk at heart. But it was, it, to some record companies, it was, they didn't want to see these bands because it wasn't making money. You, you've got to chase the, the dollar and the pound, to be honest, is what they were doing. Um, but the one man, Neil Kay, Neil Kay was a, a, a West End um, DJ. He'd been in. He'd cut his teeth in Berlin, in Germany, 
and uh, he was basically a rock and roll DJ. So he took over uh, a pub called the Prince of Wales, uh, well, a slot in the Prince of Wales pub in Kingsbury, North London, uh, where once a week he would um, have a rock and roll disco. A wrong disco is the wrong word, but a rock and roll night where he would play purely rock and roll, heavy heavy metal, heavy rock. Um, my brother used to go there. It was called the um, the Bandwagon at the at the Prince of Wales at Kingsbury on Kingsbury Circus. It's not there anymore now. Sadly, it's a block of flats. But I remember drink. I remember not drinking because I was only a child. I remember being there and drinking Coca Cola in that pub with my brothers. We lived about two miles away from there, so my brother, being my brother, used to walk to the venue. Um, and so for the first, you know, little while, it was successful with the fact that people, you know, the the, the look was button up shirt, um, tank top, tight denim jeans with um, flares. And they would come and they would they would sort of throw shapes around the floor, right? So there was characters, really interesting characters. If you ever watch a documentary on on the, on the Kingsbury um, bandwagon, you're going to see people like Rob the Loon, right? Who used to have a, a a hardboard guitar that he would pretend to play to the music. Um, there were some really interesting characters around, and through the fact that they then started wanting to see live music Neil started introducing live bands to the venue um, Angel Witch Saxon Praying Mantis um, a band called Nuts which I actually don't know um, you know uh, and of course most famously Iron Maiden so Steve Harris um, heads off to North London after hearing about this nightclub with his mate his band and they pester Neil to let them play and of course they become you know sort of a a really favourable they become one of the top favourite bands on the venue um, and it became a, a place he had to play as part of the, the burgeoning British heavy metal scene of course after that we then get the classic and very rare well you can get them now reissued the Iron Maiden Soundhouse tapes where they recorded um, that t the cassette there, with, you know, uh, that they then on to use to 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 get a record deal with EMI. So, firstly, this venue and this space, I'm proud because I'm from around the corner. So for me, it's like a really important thing. Secondly, it's the most important place in the history of heavy metal. You can talk about, um, you know. Earth becoming Black Sabbath in Birmingham. You can talk about Priest going from Led Zeppelin um, style music to leather clad heavy metal. Yes, you can. And they are really important because they're the progenitors of the, the look to some extent and the sound to some extent. But it was very niche. It's like if you look at the New York punk scene. I don't really listen to New York punk I really think that the UK punk is the most important part of that genre because it was um, it's nihilistic it's aggressive it's it, it it was not art house it wasn't it was something that only the British could make at that time I grew up in London in the 70s when there was three day weeks and dad could only work for three days we had electricity for only three days we had rubbish in the streets there were rats everywhere there was dog crap everywhere it was miserable. People were on strike. There was no work. 
you know, it was just horrible. So you could see where it bred that. It was a New York scene. It's all about drugs and, and, and uh, art house. Good that it is. Don't get me wrong. Love Blondie. But good that it is. It's not something that changes the world. It was New Album again um, is. And it's that, that particular epithet was sort of coined, coined in a musical paper. Now, I can't remember if it was Sounds or NME, so I apologise. My research didn't get me there. Um, I've wrote it down, but then I can't see where it is. But anyway, it's one of those two newspapers. Now, a lot of the bands that came out from that scene um, have disappeared. There's a lot that have lingered and a lot that are very, very, very important. There are some that like to say to themselves, hey, look, we're not really new album. I mean, Venom is a classic example. We all know, if you listen to this podcast, what Venom means to me. They don't see themselves as a Northern band. I don't either. I see them as a speed thrash black metal band with heavy punk roots. Um, you know, Motorhead is another classic example. Motorhead is one of those pioneering Northern bands, but I would say they're more akin to the punk speed and aggressive ethos and the three minutes than you are going to get in um, other New Auburn bands, particularly things like Iron Maiden, Angel Witch, Diamond Head. I mean, Diamond Head, I think, were the band that, they're the New Auburn band that never was. You know, they are really important. They're vastly influential. If you listen to the Metallica, you know that, that about why Diamond Head, um, Am I Evil, is a really, really important song. Uh, but they, they sort of waned away, and the, you, what you left with the cream on the, crop of that was mainly like things like your maiden your motorhead and to some i wouldn't call pre priests are not no album i'm sorry people out there that are probably shaking their fists at me but they're not because they formed before 76 and they were so no album for me is about 76 77 to 81 that short period of time and it's mainly london based um even though they'll bands from the north I mean like punk was London based but it went up the whole country yes there are northern bands please don't shout at me yes there are northern bands but it was really a London focused scene um, so many of them out there I urge you to have a look at uh, there's a great website that's just lists them all and gives you the idea of their you know in alphabetical order and gives you an idea of their music what kind of albums they've released um, a lot of the new album stuff is very collectible. It's very hard to get hold of. Um, you know, so like, for instance, a lot of the Raven, uh, we, you know, Raven are from the north. They're an amazing band, the Gallagher Brothers. Um, we got to see them live here in Canberra a couple of years ago. It was a uh, with girls' school. It was a real life, and Tank, and it was a real life-changing moment for me. I really, really, really wanted to do that. It was fantastic. Now, um, girls' school, interestingly, all-female heavy metal band honestly you know how I feel about female music I think it make it often is out superior to the male oriented rock rip the balls off anyone that music unbelievable I don't want to swear too much in this podcast but really amazing um, my friend in London Melvin I had two friends crazy Melvin and, and married with a child Melvin two Melvins would you believe well um, normal Melvin as I like to say he dated the lead singer who sadly passed away a little, you know, some time ago now, uh, back in the sort of early 80s. Uh, but, you know, brilliant, another connection with the band. But, um, you know, so there were bands that disappeared, there were bands that are still with us. I am Maiden. There, are apps, there is absolutely no way 
the Iron Maiden of 2021. Pardon me. I'm just going to get some tea. One moment. Yeah, Splishy splashy, you know. Hang on. That will help with people with ASMR. Anyway. Um, ooh, bang again. The they don't sound anything like, like as I discussed in another podcast they're now a, a progressive rock band that are so polished clean they don't have that sort of punk root even if Steve Harris will say oh I hate punk you know they told me to cut my hair really the early the first two albums with Diano who was a massive Ramones fan a big punk really has that street fighting sound that you don't get with the later Maiden albums the more artistic based albums that aside so really Maiden is the only real one of the, I think of them left that, that I can think of that main that have, hey, they've changed but that left I'm mohead they're all sadly they're all dead as well God rest their souls um, hope they're playing, playing some dirty filthy rock and roll wherever they are anyway so lots of bands I can name them Ad Nauseam as I said Tank Girls School Praying Mantis Diamond Head Angel Witch, Samson, Nuts, which is, I, I, again, I'd never heard of them, but I'm going to look into that one. Uh, did I say Saxon? I probably did. Um, uh, Witch, Witch Find, sort of New Wave, maybe. Uh, Witch Finder General, they're more Doom, but still in the New Wave of British heavy metal subgenre, I think. Uh, if I've missed any, that, oh, oh, Tigers of Pangtang, so I love Tigers of Pangtang. Um, you know, another one of those great ones Grim Reaper one of the reasons I started my uh, Facebook page is because of Grim Reaper actually because of Steve Grimmett's voice anyway so there's a big list of bands um, they're forming up down the country maybe around the London area and they're playing in small clubs the Marquee uh, as I said Bandwagon um pubs and clubs all up and down the country hope and anchor which became the punk was a punk scene but before then they had some new wave nights uh, i could be wrong people if, you're out, if i'm wrong i apologize and and so that's the progenity that's the concept of the bands now i'm gonna now i'm gonna go and have a quick sip more sip of my tea we'll get to the break when i come back to the other side i want to talk about the musical styles and why it's important and as important as i think it is to world music uh, well, the music that we love is not important to classical jazz, but I mean to us sort of thing, uh, why it's important and why we need to keep its flame alive and not necessarily keep making music that sounds like that, because I think that would be unfair, but uh, it wouldn't be correct, but to, 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 to keep its DNA within us, I think. Uh, anyway, I'll get back to that in a minute and I'll see you on the other side, guys. Welcome back. Um, I forgot earlier to mention Neil Kay helped produce an album um, called Metal for Mothers, which was their first sort of compilation album for the New Wave uh, movement. Um, 
uh, it's a, if you, you can get it, it's available on Spotify. If you've got an original copy on vinyl, um, I'd love to come round your house and steal it from you. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I do want a copy, but it's very hard to get hold of. Um, there are reissues, yeah, but a genuine original one would be so fantastic. And those out there that have got the original, whatever it is, 100 copies of the Iron Maiden Soundhouse, um, I salute you, I envy you, and uh, yeah, if I could do anything to get a copy, if anyone's out listening there who doesn't want anyone wants to send it to me, you know where I am, it's heavymetaltones at gmail.com, we have a chat. Anyway, so, why is it important, what's different, so... Let's look at this. Let's now go from you know why they were making the music to what music they were making. So we're all probably familiar on this channel to early Iron Maiden, right? You know that sort of there was always an instrumental piece of music in there. Um, they were uh, it's 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 a galloping, fast-paced kind of music. It has a little bit of punky inspecting in there they've got the wishbone ash jewel guitar uh, thing going on they've um the vocals can differ right so you can have like uh you can go from um Pordiano sort of high wailing punky vocals um sort of untrained to bruce dickerton's you know sort of wonderful uh what they call him they call him the alarm like the smoke the fire alarm vocals right now once once they start once bruce dickerson joined i believe that peace of mind was still a new album album after that no long it's not because it's about eight, 84 85 no longer um when he was with samson oh what an amazing album that is by the way the album he made with samson um brilliant okay still new album i think Anyway, so there's the sound. So what's like punk, if you look at the punk stuff, um, and even some of the new progressive, if you go back that far, within the movement, there is lots of different sub-genres. There's not like, okay, well, I have to sound like this. It has to be 4-4, four, four, or I have to have my vocal in this range, and I have to... No, it. they, they were going, okay, I really like what's happening here, but I want to do my own thing. Because if you play Angel Witch and you play Diamond Head and you play Praying Mantis and you play Tigers of Pang Tang or Tank or Venom right or Raven they're not they're not going to sound the same they have a same um, general feel because they were all made lo-fi no studio was giving big budgets they didn't have you know uh, a world renowned producer behind them apart from the first two I had made albums Second Iron Man, I think I'd say the first one was not well produced, and they even know that they know that um, uh, they didn't have the luxury, you know, the 16, 24, 32 track recording studios and eight overlays and dubs. And du they, they were in a day, they were out like Black Sabbath with the first album. In a day, they had weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks of material they had recorded or played live over the you know before the whole movement was really formed when they were just playing in pubs and clubs so they they knew their material inside and out it was lo-fi it, it the packaging is lo-fi the the dynamic is lo-fi but the spirit and the power and the zest is beyond anything you can possibly imagine 
it to me is true rock and roll it's like punk is it's like it's just the flame burns bright within that movement and it, and like all great movements i think because of like punk was really only 76 to to when sid died in 80 it's the same with the new album movement you know 76 77 to 81 really once it goes beyond then it it's going to burn it can't burn that bright for that long um i mean it shouldn't do either and i'm, I'm going to say this to people out there and there are people out there going to really hate me for this but bands like the rolling stones right queen without freddie thin lizzie without phil linnett and gary moore why are you doing it you've burnt your flame bright enough enjoy the warmth left in the room once the flame goes out that's how i look at it so with the sound it's galloping although not always i think that's the maiden-esque copy a lot of bands copy maiden because of the success of the scene once they came about i mean can you imagine you, you, you're fiddling around in a band you're doing all right you've got two guitars you, you're writing some really interesting poppy catchy heavy metal music that's just you want to you want to write the heaviest thing you've ever heard in your life and you go to a club and there's Iron Maiden playing you know the Prowler or Phantom of the Opera or Transylvania or, or Iron Maiden I mean I'd just put my guitar down and go well fuck it why should I bother other people would go wow I'm gonna I'm gonna do some of that that's what just what I want a piece of and the audience the audience interesting were not old rockers you know there was a mix of old rockers but they were mainly in your, your 15s to your 18 year olds and the only way you could buy the records once they came out because they were like punk they were lo-fi was you had to get the record shop at the right time my brother saw Iron Maiden with Van Halen now I think the Van Halen side could be apocryphal but he assures me that's the case. I made an and Van Halen in a double bill at the bandwagon. It cost him 50p. And both of them were unsigned. Now, what can you say? I think, you know, if you put, if you put UFO on the same lineup, well, probably the greatest show ever, 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 right? Um, just like the, and you know what? And I'm sure there are people out there that said they, they were all there. It's like people that say they were at the, um, the screen on the green with the pistols played that night. Like not everyone. I know someone who was there, and I genuinely know they were there. At the screen on the green. Anyway, uh, that aside. So, you know, these people were making this music. Sorry, I, I went off my little to topic there, um, and. It was influencing bands all up and down the country. All right? And it had all sorts of things. It wasn't just a dark themes. Praying Mantis was science fiction-y kind of themes. Angel Witch was more your, your darker side like Venom. You had some interesting bands like Demon and Satan that were in that same Venom feel. But were never really satanic. Just made some unbelievably catchy heavy metal with some, you know, in my mind, the best album covers of all time. Right, so you know, uh, sadly, none of that exists anymore because people don't tribalize as much as they used to. They might do in the sort of dance scene with the EDMA, and if I've got that right, dance, heavy dance music. Um, but it's not as 
you know, I mean, I remember the days when uh, my brother, who was a punk, a hardcore punk, would go out and he, and I, this is wrong, or it's not right, but it's what happened. They would fight gangs of teddy boys, that were, you know, who were the 50s rockers that were trying to remember that sort of rock and roll side to it, you know. And I remember my brother, who was a skin, uh, uh, a punk, would fight skinheads because they were racist. And punk wasn't about racism. It was about connection and about unity and about get, let everyone having a go. And I think this is the same thing with the new wave of British heavy metal. It's, it's they long gone are the big, massive stadium albums that Purple and, you know, bands like uh, Free and Badfinger and... Uh, you know, um, uh, as I said, Thin Lizzy, uh, uh, and, and to some extent, Priest were making it. Uh, it were back to the clubs, which is really where. I mean, we all go to big venues. I mean, I'll go and see Maiden anywhere they play, and they'll usually play in massive stadiums because their their appeal is so great. But really, that's the reason I love the basement here in Canberra, um, guys. And if you ever, it's open now, so please, you know. I can't wait. Next week, weekend after next, going to see uh, Witch Skull, a local band, just the best doom band outside of, I think outside of um, Candlemas that I've ever seen live. Anyway, that's why I like the basement because it, you go in there and there's a bar and the ground is sticky and the floor, the vent, the, the stage is close to you and you can touch the almost reach out and touch the musicians. You know, it it's it only holds two or three hundred people and it and it's it's just everything that's wonderful about rock and roll really stadium music's great don't get me wrong i love good stadium shows you get massive stadium shows you know i'm not a floyd fan but they do amazing visuals um again so does maiden but the beauty of the new album movement was it was all ground level it was all grassroots you know, yes, some of it was, you know, it didn't hit the mark. The, the guitarist wasn't quite there. It wasn't, the, the the phrasing wasn't thought out that well. The drums were mixed poorly. The vocals just, you know, they were, they were too falsetto, not enough, you know. Gr- yes, this stuff happened, but that was the, what was wonderful about it. It's the same with the punk movement. Honestly, if you want it to be re- a really perfect musical form, then you list a progressive rock because it's, it's, the perfect musical form for those that are musical purists. If you want fun, rock and roll, get up, bang your head, then that's the place to be. And again, head banging, it's sort of, which is something that we all do. I love a good head bang. I love to have a good bang over. My God, I don't think I've really truly been to a gig if my neck isn't traumatized the next day, to be honest with you. Um, uh, you know, I mean, and the uniforms. You know, we've all got battle jackets. Myself and my my um, co-conspirator Benji, who runs my page with me, who will be on this show hopefully in a, very soon. We've all got our battle jackets with our patches on, and it's you know, it's almost a, akin to my brother, one of my older brothers, who's a big status quo fan. And they used to have that dance where they put their hands on the hips and they'd sort of sway in front of each other's heads side by side. It, it's hard to explain. But if you YouTube uh, status quo dance, you'll see it. And he was a massive status quo fan. He had the cut-off denim jacket and the tight denim jeans. And he had quo on his back. And it, yes, it was. 
typically another song boom, 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 another song but you knew what you got with it and it was fun and it was and it was movement and I think a lot of the, again with the pogoing the punk the reason that Sid did it was because he, he couldn't see the band so he'd jump up and down and people just copied him and so headbanging is another thing people think you have to do it you don't have to do it you don't have got long hair you don't have to wear denim you haven't got to wear black you haven't got to wear tight you know band shirts That's it's all a uniform if you wish to choose to wear it you don't have to a lot of my close friends looking at them you'd think they were just you know you listen to Christa Berg I'm just saying right but really they're, they're probably some of the heaviest rockers you'll ever meet um, so there was an image there musically as I said it, it was so diverse it's very difficult to explain but it is lo-fi it has um, uh, in really strange time signatures because a lot of them were coming from the progressive background these kids making this music were being influenced at that time in the 70s early 70s very influential for the influential for them Steve Harris is a massive um, Jeff O'Toll fan I've got the just bought the Jeff O'Toll 25th anniversary magazine uh, prog magazine and it's got an article with him in it right so you don't say it's not cool because it bloody well is <laughs> anyway let me have some tea guys sorry I've been chatting for a while now this is just gonna be a slightly longer episode I think hang on because I really really enjoy the, the subject matter I'm going to stop there for another, um, just get myself a fresh drink, set myself in. And we're going to come back to the other side. I'm going to talk about um, Northern, Northern bands that aren't British, basically, and uh, where you should go looking for them and what ones I would recommend. Anyway, see you on the other side, guys. Welcome back, guys. I just had to pop out and put the PowerPoint in my laptop. Then I recorded for 10 minutes. It sounded like crap because I knocked the mic. I had to redo it. Man, it's rock and roll. You don't mind, guys. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, sort of an idea I had was to talk about a couple of the European influences. Now, I'm going to backtrack slightly here on thought or retrospect I see New Album as 70, 77 sort of 81 but people see it from 79 to 84 we will have our own window of what we think is the right period so please again if you've got this far in the show and then you go Tony you got it wrong you dickhead <laughs> don't don't I mean it's just the way it is everyone, it's, everyone has their own ideas of when things happen don't they anyway to the European bands there's there's a lot of them out there. Every single not just European, every country, every continent, Australia, Europe, Africa, they've all got them, because bands couldn't share on the line like they can now. It was about they would buy uh, a an old copy of um, Sounds or NME, and or even Kerrang. I'm not sure if Kerrang was around then, but if they did Kerrang, and it would. Um, you know, it sort of, they get it a month later or two months later. So the music that was <clears throat> being mentioned in the 
as new was old. And so by the time they then started listening to it, we'd been influenced by it and finding their record stores, getting them copies or friends overseas sending them copies or um, it said mail catalog, mail order from the back of the magazines. The movement had already moved on. So a lot of the later new album bands are much later in Europe and the rest of the world than 879 to 81 or sorry 77 to 81 or 79 to 84 whatever so the window is um so the couple that i'm thinking of okay um for you to to think about are um stormwitch uh that's a german band uh with an album called warpurgers night it's oh mate it's sort of a cross between which find um Venom, Witchfinder General, uh, and Merciful Fate. It's just deliciously um, wonderful um, German-esque um, bandwagon jumping heavy metal. It's really worth hunting out. Um, they've reissued it on vinyl. Original is very hard to get hold of. You can get it on Spotify and anything you like to stream it from. And the secondly is Ostrogoth. They're from Genk in Belgium. Now I've got listeners in Genk, so guys over there, if you anyone listening who know this band, um, yeah, have a get hold of it and have a listen. Again, this is they're more hardcore, rough. They sound like dirty rock and roll. I, they're a bit more like Holocaust. It's a band I didn't mention before. Sorry, um, and a bit bit like Diamond Head, uh, Early Maiden. They've got one of the best album covers you're ever going to see, um, and the album is too hot. Please, uh, again, I urge you to uh, get that one. Uh, yes, Too Hot is the one. And it was, they both formed in around about 1980, but they found their sound and albums around about 84. So again, on the end of that sort of northern area. So finishing off, uh, I'd like you to, for some homework, some listenable homework, guys, I want you to listen to um, Praying Mantis, Time Tells No Lies. Have you got a pen? I'll write this down, guys. Praying Mantis, Time Tells No Lies. Angel Witch, self-titled album, Angel Witch. Diamond Heads, Lightning for the Nations. Tanks, and this is a brilliant name, brilliant album and brilliant name, Filth Hounds of Hades. Uh, the Tigers of Pang Tang. Now, if you're looking for them, it's T-Y-G-E-R-S. I once did a review and my spell check changed it to Tigers with an I and they weren't very happy. Sorry, Tigers. Um, the album is The Cage. Okay. Um, that's a, a probably a gold standard album. Ravens, Rock Till You Drop. You can't ask for more fun than Rock Till You Drop. Brilliant. Um, Girls' School Demolition. Just, you know, uh, to be a pioneering all-female heavy rock band um, from the London area making music that was just fun to listen to. You can't go past that. Of course, there's Venom's Welcome to Hell. I mean, as I said, I talked to you before. With Is it a new album album? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not. And Demon's Night of the Demon. Oof, that's, that's a brilliant album. It's not as dark as it sounds, but it's fun to listen to. Anyway, that's me. I hope you enjoy your homework. Um, and I'll see you next week. Keep rocking. Keep headbanging. Keep clicking those records. Keep drinking the tea and keep safe. And remember, as uh, Douglas Adams once said, time is an illusion. Lunchtime, doubly so. Bye, guys.
Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.